Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's conversation, we have Brian Eisenberg. As a best-selling author, business consultant, and a father of a player who's currently going through the showcase circuit, Brian brings a unique perspective on a lot of player development matters that I think you'll find valuable. If you like this conversation, I would encourage you to reach out to Brian on Twitter. You can find him at The Groke. I will include that in the description below. I encourage you to read Brian's new book, Committed, that he wrote with Walter Beatty. Walter is the father of San Francisco Giants pitcher Tyler Beatty. Uh, I'll include that in the show notes below. Also, you can check it out on Amazon. If you like the podcast, then you're going to love LPD+. Members of the community get instant access to all of the latest episodes before they release to the public. You can join LPD Plus today. Memberships include a monthly, a yearly, or a lifetime subscription. All come with a free trial. I'll put the link in the show notes below. and Be sure to use the discount code PODCAST to get 10% off all memberships. One of the questions I always got after inventing the Spinner Arm Care Tool was, how do I use this? So I came up with the foundations of throwing online course. This is just a one-hour mini course uh, outlining not only how you can implement the spinner or how we use the spinner on our training floor, but how you can develop a full arm care throwing program uh, to get the most out of the players on your team, the players in your gym. Uh, This is just your get-started guide uh, with throwing programs and arm care. Go check out that course on my website, chadlongworthonline.com. I'll put the link in the description. Oh, there you are. You got onto the other monitor. Okay. There you go. And got one of those fancy. Oh, got one of those fancy dual monitor setups, huh? Oh, it's it's the biggest productivity hack you can probably ever have. You do you have the vertical monitor? No, no, I'm that's I'm still solid. That's a solid setup. Like I've never done that, but like I've had the dual monitor before. It's awesome. Yeah. But I want the I want the vertical one. I don't know why I want the vertical one. I just it seems some like something cool to do. Um, I think it depends on what like applications you're using. Right, right, and you can also stack like browsers one underneath the other. So there are those kinds of pros. Okay, I'm gonna go grab the water. I'll be back in a second. All right. Okay. We have beverage. Austin allergies are through the roof, so I, I all of a sudden I get like all dried up. And yeah, it gets bad. Usually, I'm we're live in the cage, but I, I got one throwing up in the middle of the night, so I'm home this morning. How old is that one? She's nine. She's nine. My son is seven. seven so nine. we're supposed to play softball today, tonight. And we're gonna we're gonna nurse this thing for the day and see how we feel later and hopefully hopefully we'll be able to give number, the softball a go later. Number one secret is just rehydration, just elect you know, electrolytes, got like Gatorade, Pedialyte. Right. We we just before I got here, we we went to the store because we didn't have any Gatorade, grab some Gatorade, low sugar Gatorade, mm-hmm. uh, get some vitamin water. You ever had liquid IV? I haven't. I've heard some people, you know, really like it. The other thing, especially at that age, what I would do is uh, make pops. Pedialyte, uh, the Pedialyte oh, pops yeah. or the Gatorade pops. Yep. Because sometimes just yep. the drinking is just hard to go down. Yep. But For you sure. just need to, 
you do that and, uh, and, and um, either some uh, saltine, some, some simple crackers. Yep. She'll be fine. Yeah, we, we got that. So hopefully, hopefully this afternoon we'll start to pep up and at least be able to go out there and, and give it a somewhat of an effort. Cause I think her only, her team only has nine today. So. Yeah, that's, that's a well, They're trying to schedule a, a tournament for Sammy for this weekend in uh, Nacogdoches by uh, Stephen F. Austin College. Okay. And it's four hours from Austin. Okay. Um, and the storm's coming through right now. So there's a good chance. The, the, that hurricane. Also, the hurricane. Yeah. So there's a good yeah. chance it'll also get rained out. Out of the 18 people on the, on the team, so far only three have committed to going. Oh, COVID or what? No, it's because A, because of the travel, B, the, oh, there's also not a lot of hotels room there, which also makes it a, a real challenge. Um, and then the schedule just went live this morning and they tried to get us a, a late game. They put us at the 9 a.m. Saturday and a 1.30 oh. Saturday. And it's like, oh. no, you know, that's a big commitment for fall. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. You know, in the summer, uh, you know, we, we go to Atlanta, we go to Dallas, we go to Houston. Okay. But a four-hour drive in, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Why would anybody want to leave Austin? I talked to Jeff Leach last week, and he's he's at hip for it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, no, by the way. As we talk, it's dawning more and more on me that I need to be in Austin because everybody that I like is in Austin. We've there's something about, about it. Before. Yeah, there's something about it. Actually, you know who just moved here as well? Who? Um, uh, Caleb Longley, the, the guy from Marv Training. Oh yeah, yep. He, he just got the he just got a job at uh, at UT. We um, we did a roundtable with him. We did one of these with him. He's a friend. He played at East Tennessee State right up the road here. I worked with him when he was at East Tennessee State. I heard I heard that accent in, in him. So yeah, it doesn't surprise so, me. He's from Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, and he went to, he went to, uh, I think he went to Cleveland state for two years, Juco, and then ends up at East Tennessee state in John city. So here, um, here's the way to think about it. Take your business. And if you multiply it probably by about two and a half to three times, that's what you'd be doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Based on just the volume of people and the prices you could charge for sure right for like sure. at, at 180 where sammy trains there's not a hitting coach there who charges less than 80 80 an hour Whew. and then there are also individuals. group lessons is it individuals or groups that's individual okay right on the group it's it's obviously even more yeah, I'm big group. I'm big small group guy. I like yeah, camaraderie and it's well. It's not only that; it's just more money per hour. Like you only yeah. have so many hours that's, you can do it that per day. Too. <laughs> that too. Well, that what's so that, what's interesting is you know Hit Fourth has the membership model, and I think it's a great model. Yep. yep. Um, Marucci, uh, also nearby to us, had which is in North Austin. Um, uh, has a has a membership model and a cage model. It's not as popular. 180 has been moving towards some memberships and some groups, and then they do some rentals as well. Um, but there's there's a model, if done well, to do a 
um, a, a membership all you can eat pitching hitting um, you know uh, you know training like just the, the whole thing like yep but it's doing it very similar to how Hitforth has run their business which is you know and or, or even baseball rebellion has done their business right you hire the people yep. not all independent contractors right, right? And, and you have your system for doing it yep for sure for sure now that's something i wanted to touch on uh introduce yourself real quickly for the people that may not know you i think a lot of people don't know me <laughs> yeah yeah they should because your book is fantastic which we're going to talk about also um so i'm brian eisenberg i'm the uh author of now seven books and i'm working on two more uh which we can we can touch on um uh, a couple of them are uh, New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestsellers, such as Call to Action, yeah. Waiting for Your Cat to Bark. Uh, my latest book is, uh, you can actually kind of see it back there, uh, Be yep. Like Amazon, Even a Lemonade Stand Can Do It. I love um, that book. I've also uh, been a baseball dad for, uh, oof, what is it now, almost 11, 12 years, and yep. um, have been very involved in, in really understanding player development and trying to help yep. my uh not super athlete, become a super athlete and, and, and yep. do some amazing things with, with eventually with his career. And um, I've also helped co-found a development platform in the space. I'm no longer involved in that. Um, I'm also working on a couple of, a couple of other projects in the space, but I, I'm fascinated with understanding optimization, right? Period. Right. That, that's, that's been my, my, my mindset since forever. So um, I was a, uh, a former social worker and, and teacher when I was young, who got into yep. business and I got into analytics kind of like the back way. Like I wasn't a spreadsheet junkie, but I understood right. that the numbers told me things, right? Sure. And that I can use those numbers to man. Right? You can't manage what you can't measure. Right. Yep. And so I'm like, okay. If I have metrics to something, I can understand how to manage. I can understand how to improve it. And, you know, my specialty over the last two and a half plus decades, I was, I did not have any of this when I first started in the industry, right. the very early internet guys, um, was using that data to understand your customers and turn that understanding of customers into more sales. Right. Right. Yep. Uh, and improving performance. Data drives and informs decisions. It doesn't make the decisions. It doesn't make decisions. And, and what's interesting is, you know, what, what really got me super involved in, in understanding player development, uh, and, and I think, you know, we, we remember each other from, from back then, is, you know, I, I was watching Sammy develop, and he's now probably, he was then nine years old or so, 10 years old, and I'm like, Okay, he's going to be way more talented than I ever was, and I, you know I only played rec recreationally because you know my parents were uh, immigrants. Uh, my father was uh, um, drafted to play professional soccer in Argentina, and okay. uh, decided to get married and move here instead. And so they didn't really know about little league or stuff like that. So I never, I never right. had those opportunities. But he loved baseball. I love, you know, I, I love baseball growing up. You know, played a lot of baseball and softball, you know, through college and stuff like that. So, but never, never anything organized. And, and I was watching Sam. And I'm like, okay, no, this, there's something different here. He has a passion for it ever since he was a little kid. And all of a sudden, 
uh, tools like Zep and Blast and yeah. Dynakinetics start showing up. And I'm like, oh, I can work with this. Like, if you give yeah. me parameters on metrics, I can understand how to optimize towards what, what I like to do. And I talk about it in Be Like Amazon. Uh, and no credit to me, it's Jeff Bezos' brilliance, right? He never yep. worries about outcomes because outcomes could be failures. They don't matter. What yeah, matters could be. is the process of the managing the inputs. If you can, because those are the only things that you can control is inputs. Yep. Yep. It doesn't matter whether that's in business or that's in baseball or in life. It's the same yeah. exact processes. Right. And so yep. um, using using the tools I had, obviously the, the beauty of, of being online for so many years, you know, I've 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 been digitally connected since 1983. I started my first bulletin board system. That was the year I was born, by the way. Okay, scary. In 1983, I was hacking code in bulletin board systems to try to get people to go where I wanted them to go on the bulletin board. Yep. And I guess, you know, I've always been in that way, you know, manipulative, but it's understanding, it's understanding people and it's understanding how to create change, right? And, and how to get people to want what they want. Like, it, you know, it, this is a critical part in sales as well, right? Sales is not about me pushing my perspective on you. It's understanding your perspective and bring you into alignment with mine. Right. Um, and, and I, I think like that's something people. that as, as baseball people, uh, I think I've gotten better at that mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, but I think there's such a divide. You know, you see the divide in, in baseball people tech, anti-tech, swing this way, swing that way, swing whatever, argue this, argue that. It's like, this is exhausting because at the end of the day, like you said, it's about creating these inputs that have the potential to create the outcome that we like. That doesn't Correct. mean the outcome's going to happen every time. But like, if we do this enough, like like you swing 75 miles an hour on playing the pitch enough, you're going to create enough outcomes that's going to make you a successful player ultimately. Right, you're going to, and you're going to get more leverage. Now, the, the key thing, and, and, and I laugh about this, right, because, you know, I, I'm an insider-outsider in so many ways because I spent so much time looking at this stuff and understanding yeah. it. And I'm like, there, there are a couple of perspectives to understand about, you know, hitting Twitter. Number one, yeah, by being so outrageous, some of these guys, and cult-like, Yep. They create cult-like brands, okay? Yep. Uh, and you think about brands like Harley-Davidson, um, uh, you know, Starbucks is almost like a cult-like brand, right? You, yep. there's, there's an outrageousness to the standard that gets everybody talking, positively or negatively, right? There's no such thing as bad PR in a way. And sure. so it gets attention. There's something to be said about that. Right. Donald Trump said that. Well, so fun, funny story on that one, uh, and, and we're not going to get political at all. But just, but no. it's going to give you a whole bunch of perspective. One yep. of my really good friends who's about to come out with a, with a great book, okay, on on storytelling, uh, uh, Big Little Legends, uh, Gare Maxwell, yep. and um, I'm at a game in Toronto. I'm, I'm speaking there, and uh, he offered to take me to a Blue Jays game. So, so we meet up and we actually, you know, get some uh, field access passes. So we record some video on there as well. And anyway, we're, we're sitting in the stands and all of a sudden, you know, he shares with me that he used to be 
a professional wrestler. Okay. And I'm like, what? Right. It's <laughs> like, not what I expected. And then, you know, being Canadian as well, right? So he's not, you know, involved in politics. He said, Donald Trump learned everything about politics from yep. Vince McMahon. Yep. I heard this same story, not from this guy, but I heard this, this world of Donald Trump and learning about all this through the WWE and Vince McMahon. Yeah. And if you I don't start know where, about what it, podcast, whatever. Well, remember, this is about an attention thing. And, yeah. it, you know, like, first of all, I want everybody listening to this is like our number one job as coaches, as business people, what, whatever perspective you're taking for this is to gather people's attention. You can't change yep. a kid's hitting pattern, their pitching pattern, you know, their arm care, their whatever. You can't change it unless you have their attention. It's getting harder and harder to get. What he yep. learned was by constantly creating controversies and um, uh, enemies with one another and all these intricate sure. stories, it was one fire after another. And if, you, if you're if you a fan of the WWE, especially back when I was young, yeah, right? That's what he was a master at. And, and sure. you see that same pattern of, um, you know, one of my other favorite books that's sitting somewhere here on the shelves is a, is a book about P.T. Barnum, right? And when you understand these principles, and I think a lot of, a lot of coaches really miss this, and I, and I watch it because I, I, I spend a lot of time around, you know, facilities and games. And it's like yep. coaches do not understand how to get their kids' attention. For sure. You know, for, again, another controversial figure, for better or for worse, Trevor Bauer yep. was somewhat do, doing the same thing. You know, he was kind of operating out of the same playbook, that WWE playbook where he would start these, you know, and I and I saw it, like I saw what was happening. It's like, this is really good for the game because people are talking about it, good, bad, or indifferent people are talking about this controversy and that controversy between Bauer and Tatis and, and all these people. It was good. It was good for the game. It was good for the – like, it would be awesome if Mike Trout had a rival like if Mike Trout I've said I've been saying this for like five years if Mike Trout and Bryce Harper were rivals like real WWE like the rock and stone cold like it would be incredible for baseball well, yeah and, and like unfortunately baseball doesn't understand those dynamics right um, and, and, and in fact you know tries to diminish them in all possible ways yeah no doubt and and, and kids love it it's like just think about it. how many how many views this past week uh, have people seen of uh, Stanton and and the uh, dynamic duo of the Mets, you know, chirping each other. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. Like, those are great for baseball. Anything yes. that gets people talking about it, grabbing their attention is invaluable. OK. And, and it's got to be crazy. We, we need to crazy, understand those crazy. principles. Yeah, it's going to be like crazier and crazier today. You know, the more crazy and outlandish it is on the internet today, uh, the better. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. We start. I started doing energy drink reviews for yep. several reasons, but and I love it. I have talked to. I said, look, they're not going to ask me hitting questions, but if we start chatting about energy drinks, we may get into a hitting conversation. Maybe, you know. Amongst the many, many reasons that in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And 
you know, and I want to talk about Sammy because part of the reason that I'm doing it is daily content, daily brand, just something fun and casual. But, you know, NIL in college has changed like everything. And I'm not yes. going to turn my kids loose on social media today. But as a parent, I, I'm going to work to build my platform so that when I can turn them loose on the Internet, my platform is already big enough that I can help theirs grow faster. But, but there's another point there. And, and this is one that, I, and you know the story, right? Like Lance Wheeler is the one who got Sammy to start his podcast. And, and we're both forever grateful for it. And, you know, it's hard for Sammy, obviously, during, you know, school sure. year and baseball season yep. to record. So it's intermittent. And he and he gets that. So it's not necessarily about worrying about, you know, how many listens he gets or, sure. or how far the reach. It's irrelevant. I'm teaching him all the mechanics of understanding right. media and attention and, right. like, you can't start early enough today. Um, no, there's, there's a the biggest there's a regret I have. It's, honestly, it's the biggest regret I have is not starting ten years ago, recording, hitting balls in the cage. Oh yeah. Like, why did I not do this ten years ago? Well, because mo most people didn't understand it. But and we're gonna, I want to come back to that in a second. But yep. there, there's a um, a clip going around of um, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank talking yep. about how years ago the number one predictor of future success was coming out of college was having an engineering degree and now he's saying no it's the media people it's the people who have the ability to tell a great story are now right. have you know more are getting paid ridiculous numbers can you be a great video teller can you be a great writer like these are now valuable valuable skills when, when we first started our agency in 1998 and we hired our first writer i'm sorry holly but she got paid peanuts because the truth of the matter is, and she got paid well for, for compared to what she was making in a radio job, okay, writing. Right. But she got paid peanuts because it wasn't respected, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, it's not like we could have paid her multiple six figures back then anyway, right? We first sure. Started. But the reality is, it wasn't viewed as popular. But what's happened, and this is an, also an important piece coming back to the attention. When I first started writing about online conversion rates, okay, and we started writing in the late 90s, uh, by 2001, <clears throat> I, I had already published um, um, our first ebook and our first physical book, uh, Persuasive Online Copywriting. By 2005, we wrote the first book that became a New York Times bestseller called Call to Action, right? It was one of the first independent books that ever did it. Uh, we did it purely through online marketing. Um, we were, we got to the list because someone actually ordered books through a physical store. It's a whole, di a whole different story. Uh, it also famously, I tweeted about it recently. I, I, I found a, a copy of Seth Godin's, um, cause he's edited the post since then, but he wrote a yep. post about the book said, um, you can't judge a book by its cover. And then later on, he goes into the post. He goes, yeah, even though the cover is God awful, drop everything <laughs> you're doing by the book. Okay? Yeah. Seth Godin is awesome. But that's a way that we used to get attention back then, right? We had a whole yeah. story behind that. But when we started doing that, I published over, I think the last time I figured it was, it was well over a million words about online conversion marketing, um, yeah. you know, before I stopped doing it. Like I would just, and what happened was back then, there was no content, right? It was, it was impossible to find any content. Today, there's more content in every category than ever. Everybody's producing content. 
So yep. <coughs> I told you that dryness is going to get to me. Um, so today, the job is to find ways to stand out in ways that, that you previously couldn't. If, if you're not edutainment, okay, yeah. you're going to fail. And so, yeah, I, I love your energy drink reviews because I think it, it, it provides a different angle into what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, bad and, reviews and, it, you know, and when you can like tie it to any conversations, the bad review is, yeah, the bad review is like, hitting 101 disguised as a bat review. Like, I'm just going to kind of show you what practice is supposed to look like. I'm going to show you kind of what tech, how you can put technology and talk about technology and use technology. Because if you start a conversation with hit tracks and diamond kinetics and you just, most people, or not most people, but a lot of people are like, I am not listening. And so if I can just show you in a non-threatening way what this looks like and, and you can just honestly... And I tell people this about technology. It's like, just like, if you're not sure what you're doing, just turn it on and collect it. Like, you'll learn so I, more and more by just collecting it. So I, I, I want to put something into perspective. Sam is a smart kid. He's not the, he's not the, like, my daughter and my other son are really bright kids. Right. Right. Sam is smart in a lot of his own ways. Like, like I'm not take anything away from him. But he was in fourth and fifth grade and he was doing science fair reports about ZEP batting data. <laughs> yeah. So if you think you can't talk about it with your with your athletes, no matter what age, right. I'm sorry, something's wrong here. Right. Yeah. It's, no, it's not, not because you don't know how players to explain it. Page, but like, yeah, introducing it to people and, you know, furthering on. Um Talk, you know, I wanted, we've had, co we have coaches, we have players, we've had, but we haven't really had a parent. And I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about like the parenting element of Sammy. How old is Sammy? Sammy sophomore? He's 16. He's a junior now. Junior. But a, but, so, but a young, yeah, young junior. Yeah, he's young. You know, I want to talk about some low hanging fruit for parents as far as I think there's a lot again there's a fire hose of information everywhere about recruiting about do this about do this showcase about do that showcase and you know you're sitting in the stands around the other parents and you hear the conversations with people and and you know what's some low-hanging fruit that you, maybe some misunderstandings that people have about the social you know Twitter is the greatest I've said this Twitter is a yep is a top five platform of, of, it's a top five invention of all time, Google, YouTube, Twitter, but you've got to curate your content through Twitter because you can get into some things. It just, it's going to be a waste of time. But if you curate it the right way, there's never been a greater idea sharing platform in the history of the, the universe. And it's also never, what are some ways on. that you see? Yeah. What are some ways that never you see? To get on. Look, at, look at what Tom house has done in like the last six months. I know. Right. I know. He's like, how old is Tom House? 75? Something like that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. out there. Yeah. And he's, and he's, he's just, he's, he's just it. authentic. He's just himself. Like he's yeah. just being himself. Like he, you know, he's, he's just, you know, sometimes sarcastic, sometimes funny, sometimes educated. Like he's great. He's great. Yeah. And I think people get on Twitter. Like I am on Twitter. What I am. 
Like yeah. I say on Twitter what I say. Like I'm you talked about cult followings. Like I'm not I'm not even there to like be a following. Like I'm just there to like well, but people get naturally people. attracted to what you share and how you share it. And, yeah. And that's and your point yep. of view. Yeah. Um, but for people for parents, you have Sammy. You know, what are some things that you're doing with Sammy to help him? You know, into into college, into the next level, maybe leveraging social media to do that. We mentioned the podcast, but like some some low hanging fruit that people can do, like parents can do. Yeah. So in fact, you know, one of the books I'm I'm, I'm working on, um, and we just started it is um, I don't know if you know Walter Beatty, uh, Tyler Beatty's daddy from San Francisco Giants. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, Walter is a, a is a baseball lifer. Uh, definitely a must follow on Twitter as well. And um, Walter has, uh, you know, helped his son, um, Tyler, get, you know, uh, recruited into Vanderbilt, uh, drafted twice, first round twice. Um, His other son's also a college baseball player. He was a former college coach. He's coached at all levels. And uh, we've been doing a lot of talks about this. So we're actually writing a, a book together. Um, coming from the baseball parent, non-baseball person, yep. and how everything I've learned, uh, and from his life experience, and being able to share that, and uh, we hope to have that out in the next couple of months. I just, you know, just how fast can I write? <laughs> right, is the question. I mean, we 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 know all the content we want to put together, but so we're doing that right now. But there's there's a number of things that um, I think every baseball parent should look at. Okay, and, and, and there's some, some very simple things. A, you need to have your numbers. I don't care. You need to know what, if you're good enough or not. It, it's not and only there's that. There's no excuse not to. It's not only that. It, it's coming back to what we talked about earlier. How can, you, how can you manage your inputs if you don't know what the inputs are? And so, for example, if, you want your, if your kid wants to go to a D1, if let's say Sammy wants to go to UT, Right. And he wants to be a right handed yep. pitcher there. Well, he needs to go look at the roster and start looking at what what are those right handed pitchers look like? Right. Physically. Yep. What you know, what what kind of um, velocity are they throwing? You know, if there's spin date on them, like he should understand that because it'll give him a sense of the profile of their players. Right. Yep. And then he has something to shoot for. Now, those, a lot of those are outcomes. Can't control those. Sure. Okay. So knowing that, right, but having your core data, knowing what to shoot for, Sammy's always been one like, okay, I need to throw harder than 85. And so he set a goal and had a date by when he wanted to do it. And he hit it, right? You know, now he wants to be you know, throw 19 in over 90 by in, in, while he's 16. He's going to be there. He's been up to 85. And that was last winter. So And this year he's much stronger. So that's the first one. Get your data, whether it's hitting data, pitching data. But I'm going to tell you the the easiest one. It's the physical data. Okay. I'm watching kids. I'll I'll give a couple of uh, quick examples. Yeah. Um, We don't have to be in any hurry. Huh? We don't have to be in any hurry. Yeah. No, I'm going to give you a couple of great examples. So I know kid. Um. Great third baseman. The kid rakes. Like 
he set school records for hitting. He, you know, he's got a 500 plus on base percentage. Like this kid can rake. The problem is he throw across the diamond is 71. Now, while he's got great feet for a big man, he moves really well and he's actually lost some weight over, over this past off season. It's looking phenomenal. 71 ain't going to play in college. Yep. Nope. (coughs) So knowing that it's very simple to say, dude, you need to work on your arm strength. Like you need to get an on an arm program. Seems obvious. Yes. Because you know what? You're going to keep hitting because you're a good hitter. And we can talk about good, good hitters later, but that arm strength is critical for you. Okay. How does he improve that? Well, a couple of ways. One, I suspect because of his arm slot that he may have a scap issue. Okay. Right. He kind of throws like okay. a slingshot. shot. And so he, he's not getting up here and throwing. So I suspect it may be something physical. So first right. thing is get yourself like Sammy started when he was 11 years old. I'll, I'll never forget the day. Again, thanks to Lance. We're sitting at a pitcher Palooza in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, of course, he, you know, we're having tons of conversations and listening to a bunch of presentation, but Mike Reinald gets on stage yeah. and Mike starts talking about increasing velocity. And, you know, Sammy's 11. I think he's throwing 65 or something like that. Yeah. Right. He's blowing every, everybody he sees, you know, no problem. And Mike goes on and says, okay, look, you know, you gain, a, you know, a mile, mile and a half for every uh, inch you grow, for every year you get older. Um, and then you can gain like 14%, you know, by getting into the weight room. And Sammy sat there and started doing calculations as, Oh, you mean I could be like 70 plus in, you know, like in a few months. And so we went ahead and while we were there, we met uh, funny stories, you know, I had to go all the way to Nashville to find the training facility that he's been at for the last five years. That was 10 minutes from my house. (laughs) Okay. I had no idea that they even existed because they did a terrible job of their marketing. Right. Okay. And no presence. But anyway, so I, we met someone there, and Sammy's been working out there ever since. So now, Sammy went as an unathletic, poor mover, um, you know, pretty slow. You know, he's not super fast yet, but, you know, he also is now wearing size 16 shoes at 16. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he's not, you know, he's, he's still has to grow into his body. Um, but, like, when he was playing basketball as a freshman, right, Um all the coaches said he moves remarkably well for a big man, right? He's a great defensive player because he moves so well. Um, getting into the weight room and having them focus on their food and their strength is second to none. Like right. Sammy's got a foundation where at 6'4", he's 240 pounds. Is he 6'4 now? A little over 6'4, like 6'4 and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's he's awesome. 206 pounds of lean mass. Okay. So under 20% body fat. Like mass is gas. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
And what I see at, you know, at, and I'll give you another example. We were at, we were um, uh, playing this past season. We started the season with a lot of composite bats, you know, during our games. Yep. Midway season, all the other tournaments became wood bat tournaments, right? And we went to the WWBA and all that. Yep. And our leadoff hitter all of a sudden ended up eighth hole. Why? Yep. Because as soon as he couldn't swing composite bat, he couldn't get hits. He couldn't right. hit with the wood. He just didn't have, have physically have the tools, the strength to get the ball out of the infield or past an infielder to get on base. Yep. And so the number one thing all parents can control is help their kids get stronger, faster, more athletic, period. Because right. what's going to happen is when they hit 16, 17, 18, their size is going to catch up with them. But if they don't have the foundation to begin with, they're going to be so far behind everyone else. And have you what seen we're seeing my daughter's the, pictures? Have you seen my have? daughter's pictures online? Yeah. Nine, nine years old. We're, we're deadlifting. Yeah. Like we got a junior bar. We got 10 pound rubber bumpers. We're picking weight up off the floor. I told yeah. her, you know, I said, I don't know. You know, she's in cheer. And I said, look, I don't, I don't know jack squat about cheer, but I know powerful athletes play. So we're just going to, start picking this weight up we're going to start getting a little stronger and it'll make a difference in cheer it'll make a difference in softball it'll make a difference in basketball it'll make a difference in everything if we just start in everyday now. life in everyday yeah. life even pick you know lifting a suitcase how many people get hurt a year lifting a suitcase in, uh, you know into the airport uh, uh bins right yeah right like people don't have the core strength it's like movement is movement and if you train movement and that's that's the key thing right like don't just go into a gold gym and, and say, okay, yeah, my kid's going to be great because I got him in there at 11 years old. That's, that's not what this is about. Right. No. It's about letting them identify and have the proprioception of understanding how their body's supposed to move in the right way. So like, for example, for example, with Sammy, one of the earliest things we did is probably the biggest benefit we've ever again come back to Lance. We got him on a core velocity belt when he was really young, right? He'd been using it since he's 11. Now there's yep. times he's taken off and times he's, you know, come back on, but his hip proprioception is second to none. Like you ask kids to disassociate and yep. it's something like eight out of eight out of 10 are not going to be able to even know what you're talking about. And right. they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is easy. Yep. yep. Right. Because he trained him when he was young to understand that and understand how your pelvis is supposed to move. Right. So I think, from a parent point of view, if, if I could tell anybody, whether it's nine years old, 11 years old, 13 years old, 16 years old, um, there's no time too early to get them into a strength and mobility program um, that understands real movement, that comes at it from a movement perspective, not just like a football workout type movement. Like, you don't need right. CrossFit. You don't need all of that. You really need no. to understand how to optimize the inputs. Like I remember having a conversation with uh, Casey Fisk about okay. um, Casey. Uh, how he's had, I forgot how many number of players have gone either D one or pro who could all um, Bulgarian split squat with a hundred pounds in each hand. Yeah. And I'm like, I actually did an e-commerce presentation about this. 
And you're saying, okay, well, how does e-commerce and Bulgarian split <laughs> squats it. work together? I love well, it's it. that same thing. Bulgarian split squats is something he's found as a controllable input. If his athletes can build up to doing a hundred pound in each hand, Bulgarian split squats, they have the requisite strength and mobility and single leg strength to be better at the game than everyone else of their peers. Right. I right. can control that. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a rabbit hole that we're down right now with single leg lifts. I was listening to the Driveline R&D podcast, Driving Somewhere. And it was one where they were doing a biomechanic, the biomech assessment. They were talking about it with a, uh, with a player on the podcast. And they just, ca- it was real quick. They casually mentioned like lead leg, the speed of lead leg extension. You know, how fast the lead leg straightens out in your lead leg block. Okay. Being a good thing. And yeah. I thought, well, if that's a good thing in a pitching motion, then a single leg split squat measuring bar speed has to be important. Like that is something that we should that we should be again, it's an it's a measurable input that we should be taking into account. Now whether whether or not anything comes from it, I don't know. But if we don't but, but like if we but don't at least yeah because if you start if you start thinking of that, right? That's something, and that's the whole point. It's like you may or may not be a hundred percent correct, right? And that's fine, but that's what true so, experimentation yeah, so we, is about, right? So we bought a bar speed reader, yep, and and we we you know just a simple push sensor, yep. strap it on the bar. It goes to the iPhone. It may not be the best, but it's the one we have. We use it every time. It gives us a measurement of something, and so it, we added it's a, better, a bar it's speed. Better to be. Uh, directionally correct than 100% precise and accurate. Right. And so we just put we just put it on the bar. We said, we're going to measure your, your bar speed in your single leg split squats. We got the safety bar. They put the safety bar on and we just do speed in a single leg split squat. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's something that if there was low hanging fruit out there on for that, we needed to look at it. Like, I don't know if we're right. I don't know if we're wrong. I think people sometimes get lost in, and it has to be right or wrong. Like it's just, just go with it. And if you get something out of it, great. It's, it's the same, it's the same thing. Like grip strength this yep. is another great one for, for parents. Easy have. one. Yep. $25 tool, buy a yep. dynamometer on, on Amazon, have it. Yep. I don't care what age your son is, get a benchmark. Nope. It's funny. First it's thing, funny. I'll tell, go ahead. I'll tell a quick hand down a monitor story when you get done. Okay. First thing, when um, uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy ended up with a, um, with a stress fracture from doing push-ups. Long story okay. on that one. Yep. But the first thing that happened when he went to the PT was they measured his grip strength. And of course, we've tracked in the past. We knew it was down. And of course, over the course of his rehab, it went back up. And I'm like, well, this is pretty obvious. If I want to track his readiness, if I want to track <coughs> um, grip strength is, is, is a great measurement of two things, ready, uh, everyday readiness. So you can two seconds just grip, know exactly where they're at, but also overall strength. Right. And so if you're tracking that benchmark, and he should be going up if they're doing exercise to get stronger. But if it starts going down, especially in the middle of a season, hold him back. Because you yeah. may be starting an arm injury. 
Right. Super you know, that's, that's, that was the story that I was going to tell about. We had a player in the gym who velocity started to decrease. Bat speed started to decrease. We were do we, you know, we were kind of, we do the holistic experience in the gym. We're yep. going to, we're going to increase your arm, arm strength. We're going to increase your bat speed and we're going to lift. And we couldn't figure out, I said, you know, maybe his forearms are fried. And so we, we got a grip strength. His forearms were fried. We started wrapping his lifts, like wrist wrapping his deadlifts in the season. Um, you know, we cut back on his throwing volume a little bit. His velocity comes back. His bat speed comes back because his grip strength comes back. It's like that is such low-hanging fruit that I'm so mad that I can't believe that we, we weren't doing this all the time. Well, what's even more interesting, and, and, I, and especially for people who've gone that rabbit hole, have you seen uh, the Flex Pro Grip, uh, Daryl uh, and Adam Moreau? They're working on an, a new measurable device for training all three flexors and protecting the UCL. Nice. No, I haven't um, seen it. On their website, and I'll send you a link, is it one of the best research, pre- research presentation on understanding UCL injuries and all of that? And, understand like he did a phenomenal job on it and there's a few things that that i've learned over the years like number one um you'll rarely find someone who has over 100 um mile per hour exit velo if they can't squeeze at least 125 miles per hour i've also heard this from numerous people like austin wasserman right Uh, every every one of the 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 healthiest um uh uh, pitchers that he's ever worked with all have ridiculous grip strength. And if you think about it, like how I can control my pitches, there is, tr- there is obviously training. This is one of the things this new device will do where you can control individual um, finger muscles. Because if you think about it, if I'm more dominant here versus here, I'm probably more of a curveball versus more of a slider. Right. Right. And so, Right now, we, we didn't have the tool to measure each individual finger real easily. Like you could sort of do it with a cheap dynamic, but it's not really very good. But this yep. new digital device will let you do that. And think about how you could use that for pitch training and for pitch design. I think there's a whole nother level of, of that coming out. That's cool, for sure. For sure. Give me one more thing about Sammy, and then I got another, I got another encompassing question. So parents. So, yeah. So uh, and then we'll bring this one back to also social media. Yeah. Do not or leverage on- Let's talk about leveraging social media in the recruiting process. Just quickly. Yeah, yeah. So even from early on capture video, like you can't count on the, um, you know, the, the tournament organizers to go ahead and ca- get video of your kids they're not going to be watching them out in the field. You're lucky if they get them at bat. Uh, you know, some of them may get a little pitching, but don't count on them. Your job as a parent is to be a partner in the recruiting process with whoever you're working with and whatever team they're playing yeah. for. Okay. Do not count everyone else. You are the number one promoter. And at the end of the day, you've got to collect the content. And then there are there are all kinds of ways to get it out there, but you have to start collecting it. When Sammy's on the mound, I'm capturing pitches. I'm trying to find all kinds of angles to get from him. Like this last tournament yep. he pitched at, um, you might see some of the video, right? 
um, you know, I got a great vantage point from behind the plate. I'm uh, righty and lefty. I just kept moving back and forth. And you're watching the movement of his fastball just come in and break back. So he, he probably had 17 to 20 inches of, of, of arm side run on, on right. some of his pitches. He's been playing around with um, – so he can throw a fastball where he'll dart it right into a spot. Or yep. he's learned how to get a one-seamer. And yep. instead of sinking like a two-seamer, it just goes – it just turns on you. Interesting. So um, be that parent, like go and grab video, you know, keep an eye on your son, you know, understand situations. Like, you know, if there's a runner on second and there's a chance for a bolt to be in the the outfield and you know, your kid's got a good arm, get that video trained on him. Like just put it there because there's a good chance he may have a throw to the plate. And if he makes it, like one of my friends just did that. His kid, his kid is always an infielder, but his body's changing. And right. he's not super fast. He was in the outfield this past week. And he's a baseball guy. He owns a facility as well. Sure enough, he caught video of his son in the outfield, got the play, just drilling the kid at home. I'm like, unless you're worried about those things, they're not going to be there. And yes, coaches are paying attention to social media. It's not the only thing that's going to get you recruited. No. But certainly, they want to see you understand game situations. They want to understand that you, you know you know how to compete. If you, you know, if you have an at bat where you're going eight, 10, 12 pitches in, in a great situation, yeah, post those things. They want to see how you sure. train. They get to social media has the ability for coaches. Um, and you and by the way, not just coaches, you never know who is going to connect you to a coach. Exactly. To get to know who you are as an athlete. Like. You know, one of the other biggest investments I've done for Sammy, and I think it's it's been a life changer, uh, is getting him a whoop. Okay. And people yep. ask me, and, and, and all the kids comment about, you know, why he uses it. And I, and I tell the story that it was probably one of the first years he had it. And we've had it since version two, and they're just releasing version four. Four, yeah. Um, that's all that. Yeah. And, and it's phenomenal what they're doing with it. But we're sitting in the living room one night. And he's looking at his phone and, and looking at the, you know, at, at the app, I imagine. He's like, yep, I need to get myself to bed soon because if I want to perform well tomorrow, I, it tells yep. me I have to be in bed by 1030, whatever. I was like, if there's anything that's going to get a teenage kid to go to bed on their own, have, have my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> take my money. It's like right? the take because, my money gift. Yeah, because, you know. It, it's also one of the most underrated things, right? If you want to develop a great athlete, sleep is critical, right? Yep. Recovery protocol is critical. Like that's yep. how, like if you look at the best athletes in the world, you know, their durability comes from understanding their body, understanding how to recover. And you could start teaching athletes that from an early age. Yes. Young kids are pliable and malleable and they, and they recover yep. way faster but it's the process of learning yep. what it, what to do and how to do it. And it's like, you know, Sammy will take Epsom salt baths. You know, he will get on the Mark Pro, um, you know, uh, is, you know, especially after some heavy leg days, he'll, you know, get it on his legs, especially now that he's, you know, growing again. Like these things matter. His diet, he knows like, okay, look, you know, if, if I have too much dairy, I'm not going to feel as good as, you know, if, if I, if I don't have it. Right. And so, He's always monitoring based on 
you know, what day he needs to perform, what day he's doing what, you know, if he has a bullpen, he's going to be careful about it. Um, you know, he knows that if he tends to eat too many carbs, he, he blows up a little bit. So he manages that. He knows what, you know, what to eat. Um, you know, he's now gotten into the habit that, you know, weekly we're meal prepping, right? So, you know, last yep. night it was 10 o'clock at night because it was a crazy night at the facility and then coming home and homework and helping his brother with homework and doing yep. all, the, all of these things. So by the time he got to cook dinner, he got into the air fryer and he made himself some salmon and that was dinner. And I was like, yeah, you know, I helped watch him and stuff like that. He needed to go yep. help. But it's like, if you're not teaching them all of these skills now, how do you think they're going to be prepared when they go to college or even beyond? Yeah, totally lost. So, you know, I, I think parents, too many parents think about the don't understand the opportunity that's in front of them. It's not about. I think they the underestimate. Game. I think they underestimate a couple of things. I think they underestimate how quickly it's going to go by. Like they think they've got a lot of time, and they don't. Like you don't have a lot of time. Like we yeah. have people on our training floor right now. The time is up, and they don't realize. Yeah, like they they could be done in the next six months. Yep. Or the time is up. Like you have to be making a decision about your future in like 12 months and you have wasted the last two years. And I think they, I think they underestimate. I think they underestimate people think I'm crazy. If I told people this, they would think I'm crazy. But I think there's a couple of parents that I had that like you're saying, take into account all these things like the whoop strap. Like I've told a kid, we had a kid, a new kid starting a gym a couple months ago. and. And I said, hey, he was he wanted to drop some weight. I said, you know, mm -hmm. I fell off the ladder in November, rehabbed my own knee. But in doing this, I was on crutches for eight weeks. And for the first time in my life, I put on 20 pounds. Like I put on a lot Easy. of weight. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, holy crap, I'm gonna have to actually try to lose weight on purpose for the first time in 38 years. And so what's oh, the first oh, thing I did? In another couple of years, it'll hit even harder. Right. And so I went and bought a Fitbit because I need to collect some information on like, how, I need to know like how much, how many calories am I burning in a day? And then how much am I intaking? Because if I'm operating a surplus every day, I'm never going to lose weight. And so I told this kid that I said, Hey, you know, you say your goal is to put on weight or, or lose weight. You need to buy a Fitbit or you need to buy a whoops. You need to buy something that's going to give you some feedback on the amount of calories you're burning just as a starting point to know, do I need more? Or do I need to eat less? Or what do I need to eat? You know, and then it gets really granular. Like you talk about Sammy, if he knows if he eats too much carbs and this happens and this happens. Most people don't own it. They're not even that far down the rabbit hole. They don't even have a basic baseline understanding of this is just my calorie intake and burn on a daily basis. Well, you know, people say, I want to gain weight. I want to be 225. And it's like, well, that's great. How are you going about that? Well, and, and, it's like, and, and, and you and you and you hit it hundred percent on the head, right? Because like, it's the same thing. If you want to gain weight, and so many kids are undersized, they don't they don't consume enough because they don't know. They just don't know. So get the head no so idea. you can manage them. But I but told I told thing. somebody. Here's I the, told here's somebody the biggest thing that my, my trainers. I I don't care if Sammy plays in college or not. Do I believe he will? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. He wants to go pro. <clears throat> will he do it? I love him too. I want him to accomplish his dream. It's a lottery ticket. 
Doesn't matter either way. Here's the realistic thing. Everything he's learning in this journey is going to prepare him for his future career and for his future yeah. life. The discipline, the competitiveness, the trying to achieve goals, the overcoming obstacles, not being afraid to fail, um, learning how to cook, learning how to manage stress. These things matter. How, how to prioritize things. And unfortunately, time. it's how many adults don't know how to prioritize, prioritize time. Yeah. And yesterday was one of those days where like, okay, he wasn't starving because he had a really good lunch. Right. And, you know, he grabbed a snack before he went to the gym and then he'll have a quick protein shake after the gym. So he wasn't starving, but he's like, look, my brother asked for help with homework, with math. I was going to go help him with that. Great. And I love that, that he'll do that for his younger brother. Yep. Right? Um, he had a call with his youth group. It took a long time. I, I was a little frustrated with him, but it's like, okay, you know, I know you want to have that social time too. Wasn't like he was playing video games. He does right. that too. He's totally allowed to decompress that way if he needs to. Yep. He needed to get some throwing in. So last night we had the storm come through. Instead, he worked on some towel drills because he knew he just needed to work faster. So we pulled out the mustard app. We yep. recorded that. Didn't like a couple of things he saw. Made a couple adjustments. He got better. Went to the gym. He did everything. And then it's like, okay, now I need to eat. Well, it's late at night. I'm just going to eat some lean protein. Grabbed, grabbed a piece of salmon. Seized, oiled it and seasoned it up. Put it in the air fryer. And 10 minutes later, he was eating. Like, right. You know, and then he has a nighttime routine for his recovery. One of the things he, he drinks every night is something called pickleball co cocktail. I don't know if you know this, actually. I'm going to share with you a fun fact. Do you know that there are two types of cramps, muscle cramps? No, but I knew pickle juice was really beneficial. Well, th th this, is not this is not related to pickle juice. It comes to the, the pickleball game. But my friends uh, manufacture electrolytes, and they're actually one of the best uh, supplement companies when it comes to uh, magnesium. Okay. Right? And so if you have a magnesium shortage, right, uh, um, in your body, that could lead to certain kinds of cramps. But you can also have shortage, and I'm sure we've all seen the clip, uh, you know, uh, monkeys eat bananas, no crap, no crap. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's a potassium shortage. That produces okay. a different type of cramp. Those are like, the, you know, the more, you know, on the field muscular cramp. Yeah. So every night, like he, he worries about his electrolytes during game time. But every yeah. night he's drinking this pickable cocktail to make sure he's getting the, the other kinds of, of, of supplement. So he doesn't get those muscular cramps covering his face. And it becomes just part of his nighttime routine. Just say, hey, I'm going to drink yep. a little bit of this routines matter, especially as you, as you progress in, in, in the process. It's like, these skills are valuable. Like, like I said, I hope he goes really far in the game. It'd be great. Right. We have a lot of friends. Yep. It's amazing. The memories, but everything he's learned along the way, that's the priceless stuff. For sure, for sure. I had a, I had a, uh, I did one of these roundtables with one of my former players last week. I don't know what day it was, and he's a. We, so I live in a town where there's nobody. There's three thousand people in this town. There's like four hundred kids in the high school. I coached the high school for two years. On that team that I coached, we have, we have right. a strength conditioning coach. Sammy's high yeah, school has four thousand people. 
Yeah, there's more people in his high school than live in my town yeah. population. But I, we have a strength conditioning coach in the Seattle Mariners organization. We have a Division One player, player development director of operations at Georgia Tech. And we have him, who's assistant basketball coach, director of recruiting at the University of Richmond. And I said, look, I said, you know, we won a bunch of games. We did. I said, but today, the wins, they don't mean anything. But what you learned during that time, and I hope that my it's worked out better than I had hoped, but I what I wanted you all to learn is the habits that you have to have to win. You know, the consistency, the sacrifice, the daily, just the, the daily team, the journey teamwork. of right, yeah, the, the daily journey of pursuing the best version of you. And, and when, if you just go and you apply those standards to whatever you get into, you're going to, you're going to find, it's not a guarantee. Success is never guaranteed in anything, but you're yeah. going to find success moments of success along the way. And if you just build that James clear style, if you just start building those incremental gains over, over time, your body of work is going to become something that people notice and aspire to. And you're going to, become valuable yeah it it comes back to what i said earlier right sammy's built a great foundation and 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 life is about giving giving your kids the best skills and foundation possible and right they're going to fail they're going to change careers the same way we have they're going to do it multiple times that's just normal but if they don't have the fundamental skills to be successful adults we failed and the game of baseball and the process of player development is so there's so many parallels with today's business yep. world. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, That's there, there's I a reason so many people honestly. love that be like Amazon where baseball coaches, because you can read it yep. as a baseball coach and be like, is he talking about business or is he talking about player? Development? Like there's right. a lot of commonalities and it's like the world is about, data today you can capture data just about everything and we're getting better and better at all kinds of new things to capture data for the world is about capturing people's attention and 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 being able to pay attention to all the little details you want to be a great baseball player learn how to pay attention right you've got to really focus in on on that And, and if you think about it it's hard to get kids to focus on anything today right if you think about it if i go through it's a lot of distractions, yeah. It's two minutes of, of, of attention to the and then I'm off to the next one. Yeah. So it's I and I've said that about parenting. I said it's it's so hard today to parent my nine and seven year old because when I was growing up, you just went in the yard and played ball because there was nothing else to do. It wasn't yep. like you had the you had the video game in front of you that you could be doing. It wasn't you weren't even thinking about what you could be doing while you were out in the yard. You were just completely engaged in in the ball that was happening in front of you, yep. you know, my kids, we get them out in the yard and we, we get them in the, you know, we get them in the facility. We throw, we try to do some, some, something every day, but it's like, it's not all the time that they're engaged because there's so many other things that they, their mind may be plugged into at that time. And it's like, man, this is tough. Well, and so the other book I'm writing, it occurred to me that I want to leave something behind for my kids to understand the entrepreneurial journey. Right. Because this is part of this is part of this this podcasting too. Yeah. It's for my kids to to leave behind. And what I realized is that there are a lot of great entrepreneur books out there. Uh, the E Myth, 
Um, yep. Right. One, one of my favorite books, um, you know, uh, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Great book. The Zappos books. Really good. Zappos books. Right? There's, there's tons of them. I, mean, I have tons of them on my, on my bookshelves. But what I realized is they're all niche books. There was not one book that had like a general storytelling that would appeal to young readers and aspiring yep. entrepreneurs about what a side hustle means. Like I've been trying to get all the, like the minor leaguers for years who've been at the facility, like, okay, well, how are you going to leverage now that you have a little bit of extra attention? How can you leverage that to something building into the future? And most of them just, it went over yep. their head. They, they missed it. And coming back full circle, right? What is NIL going to mean? I, you know, I don't know, but I do know that look, college it's getting more and more expensive every day, right? Life is going to be, life is more expensive every day. Um, yep. You know, if he gets to play in pro bowl, you don't get paid a lot. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he'll get fixed up a little bit, but it's not a lot. So having your own side hustle and understanding how, yep. where to get leverage in your life is invaluable. Because yep. when I was young, when my, when my parents were around, right? Getting the job meant security. There is no security in jobs anymore. It just doesn't exist. No, no you no, know, very few people work. Like one of my one of my old uh, former baseball assistant coaches. I just saw him the other day. I haven't seen him in years. You know, the son does no longer plays. But uh, he's been working on uh, at a company that makes heart valves for the last forty plus years. Like job for forty years. Like who's heard of it? Yeah. There are a few of those, but it's so rare today, right? I think the average person uh, changes their career something like five times in their life. Right. So why not worry about helping them understand what that journey looks like? What are the driving forces to help them understand where points of leverage are? How to use other people's time, other people's money, other people's ideas. There is nothing new under the sun. You just have to figure out what other industry, and that's why when I came to baseball and I started looking at the analytics coming into baseball, I'm like, man, they're a decade behind business analytics. For sure. Right. And retail, for example, you know, when, when Amazon was first starting, I was like, hey, you got to be like Amazon because they're going to eat your clock. And sure enough, they ate everybody's yeah. clock. Yeah. Right? Especially now. Yeah. Especially COVID. Yeah. Maybe even yeah. more. COVID just expedited the process. And what's happened is that in baseball, if you don't adapt to understanding the data, you're going to go the way of JCPenney and Sears. Yep. It's the reality. It's not going to change because it's easier to manage with the data than without the data. Yep. Now, do we make wrong decisions? (coughs) Absolutely. Because we don't know enough yet. The whole body of data is not out there yet. We don't know how to, we don't know if, if um, uh, what do you call it, uh, that guy who was throwing a no-hitter um, uh, a few days ago at 115 pitches and they pulled him, right? Oh, yeah. Whether he could have gone more or not. Why? Well, we probably weren't tracking his stress levels and his arm level. Yeah. You know whether it's a low-stress, high-stress situation. No, we just pick a number, say 115, he's done. Right. It might be right, it might be wrong. I don't know. But until we have the data to manage it, we're making a lot of mistakes today. 
right? That was the secondary reasoning too for why I bought the bar speed reader. It's my question. The question that I proposed was why is six reps, the right number of reps for this one particular set? Like what if I, what if the optimal would have been eight or what if optimal would have been four? Like why is six the number? What if it's three and a half? Yeah. Like, right. Maybe, maybe you need to to end on a negative. Yeah. Part of the right. How do we how do we determine though set set rep to rep how so we t- we're taking bar speed into account on a number of reasons just because of that you know because again how do we know these things we don't somebody just said this is what you do and everybody just kind of followed and, and that it's like person I'm, got not, result- I'm not into that yeah and that person got results that way and they're like well everybody should get results that way but last I checked everybody's pretty individual yeah right? what, yep. what everybody, works for everybody's Sammy, quite different. Is not going to work for his second baseman, who's five five and you know one hundred and ten pounds. Right, for sure. Okay, so here, here was kind of what was next on my mind, and I get this question a lot. Not a lot. I get this question often. Is, hey man, I want to do what you do. I want to. I want to open a facility, and I want to be a trainer, and I don't have the heart to tell them no. You don't, but. but if you were to tell somebody young, older, man, I want to get it. I want to open a facility and I want to be a trainer. I want to get into player development. What would you tell them? What were, if you were me, what would you tell them? Um, I can't tell them. I don't have the heart to tell them. No, you don't. You don't want to do this. So I remember, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I've been trying to help the coaches for the last, I don't know, they, they've helped me so much with Sammy. There's so many coaches uh, I've gone out there and I've, yep. I've tried to help them with their business as well. You know, always, always happy to offer advice because you, you, most of you guys do this for love, not for money. That's, that's right. unfortunately the reality, you know, yep. some of you can make okay livings. Um, it's hard. If you, all you have to do is look at a spreadsheet insanely hard. Of, of facility numbers and know that your the majority of your time you're paying for rent for a space that's not used. So time utilization is your number one most critical thing. And you're limited by the number of potential customers and then the number of potential hours. So it's not like you could go to three o'clock in the morning. Yep. Right? Like I can open up a diner. In most days you can't get, you can't go at 11 a.m. because most of your clients are in school. Right. So most of your hours are spent useless. Yep. So it's not a good use of resource in general. And and resource is both cash and time and location. It's it's a very difficult business to 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 find ways. Now, are there models that make more money than others and you can run you can you can have a business because you love to do it? Yeah. You're not gonna get wealthy running a team, you're not going to get help, you know, nope. wealthy, um, uh, you know, having a facility, you, you need to find points of leverage. And I think the problem is, and, and um, you know, we, we see this also, by the way, it's funny because this, this happened a lot in the medical field. Um, you know, they become doctors or, or, or chiropractors and stuff like that. And I've been mentoring a, a chiropractor here in town. He's now the, really the number one chiropractor in Austin. Um, and he's, he's phenomenal. And 
he's he's looked at it. You know, we talked about his schooling and stuff like that. It's like they don't teach you to be an entrepreneur. They don't teach you about how to run a business and how to understand where to where leverage come from and and how you actually make money and how to hire the right people. And this is a difficult business. Like everything about baseball, it's, it, there's a lot of consumables. Yeah. You know, balls go bad pretty quickly. Um, it, it's it's a tough business, and it, you know, do it because you love it. There are ways to make some money from it, but understand the leverage points. Don't go in blind. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think the advice that I've given to people that I've gotten right, that I looked into and fell into when I started was, man, just like keep it small. Keep your operation small. Don't try to open this mega place. and You're going to recruit every team. And you're going to start your own teams, and don't do that. Like, don't no, do that. You need, you need people and time to manage right. all of that. And it's going to seem like a good idea because that's what I thought I was going to do. I'm going to open this little small spot. You've seen my spot on YouTube. It's yep. block walls. It's a hundred years old. I'm going to get in this spot. I'm going to get started. We're going to build teams. And we're going to build a bigger. We actually had plans to build a bigger place. Didn't work out. Best thing that ever happened. And it's like. Just keep it, just keep it small and intimate. Pack it with the best technology you can, and you know if you've got if you've got another trainer or two that you trust that will that will can fit into a group model into a system. Where, yeah, yeah, system. Where because that's so hard in this too. It's like you got independent contractors. They've got their own ideas before long. This thing is you've got people on your in your own business competing against one another. But and it's like this is not beneficial for the for the players, the business, anybody. The other part to this is you also don't have to think about local only, right? Right. And so you should be thinking about your space also as a media center, right? Right. And recording I've said studio. That about my, I said my training is basically marketing. It pays yeah. the rent, and it's basically marketing. Like I don't make a lot of money training people per se, but it's just marketing. It's just marketing. It's just. You know, here's a way that we do things that could be beneficial to you because it's backed by data and information. It's not backed by don't trust me because I played pro ball and, yep. you know, it's my whatever, you know. So I, I think I've gotten that right. Jeff Leach, and I think they they kind of fit. They did that at hit fourth. You know, he wanted to just amazing, keep a small, amazing, loca- amazing facility and location. Absolutely. Yeah, like just like, a small, intimate. He called it a boutique, which I like. It's kind of a boutique yeah. shop. With it's filled got, with technology, filled with good training, filled with information, you know, a membership-driven model, model like, as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they have the right goals for their clients. Um, super well lit, so it's great to get content in as well, right? It's not dark and fringy. Yep. They, they've really done because yeah, the amazing. owner works for ESPN, right? The owner, yeah. the owner guy, kind of works for ESPN, so he kind yeah, of got yeah, it, a media savvy about it. And their media, and their marketing, job and with 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 telling the story of their athletes as well. And that's what it's yep. about, right? It's, when you start realizing it's not about you, it's it, it's about your customers. Yeah, it starts transforming the way you approach your business. Yep, for sure. You know, and that's you know, we do a couple of different things. We don't have a. I don't get involved with teams. I don't. I'm not involved, and in, I don't get involved in any teams. Like I'm not even. I will. I will offer my kids play for people that I train, which has been excellent because they know where I'm coming from. There's yep. no, 
it could have been a terrible experience for them. And I'm super thankful for the people that my kids play for, but you know, even for them, it could have been me being involved could have just been a terrible conflict of interest for everybody. And so I just don't get involved with the teams. I stay in the development side. We work with teams. We work with coaches. I mean, that's kind of how, honestly, training young people like 10 years old, I've found that that's the best way to do it is if we can get your coach involved, we can get your whole team involved to where everybody is kind of, there's not your coach, you're not coming to me and then you're going to your team and the coach will be like, see, too much launch angle swing in that one. Like the coach actually has an understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. And so well, it's worked it's, out well doing team training and just educating the coaches on how they can develop their players. I put out this, I put out this tweet. Uh, I, I believe it was yesterday when I'm going to share, share it with you. Cause I think it's, a, it's, it's an important piece to this. Uh, story is what you tell the public. That's your marketing, your ads, your social media. Yep. Culture is what your employees feel when they work for you, right? Everything right. that you're doing in the system. Experience is what your employees deliver to your customer. Yep. The problem always comes from a business perspective or from a training perspective when everybody's story is not aligned. When you have a misalignment of stories, you create friction. Yep. Friction causes athletes to freeze up, to not know what to do, to not have confidence. Yep. If everybody's not aligned along the same story for their athletes, yep. something's going to go bad. And honestly, I've, I've found that uh, we've lucked into this with the team training for the young kids to get their coach involved. But again, sometimes it's not even worth training. As much as I want to help them, as much as I want to, give them information and educate them on, on what this is, what this means, where we're going with this. It's sometimes it's that friction between when they're with us and when they go play that like they're, they can't optimally play. Well, it's not so, even almost not even worth it. So this is one of the interesting things that again, again coming, coming as an outsider and, and being around a lot of hitting coaches and uh, pitching coaches as well. Hitting is, is unique to, to them pitching. We'll get to that for in a sure. What makes no hitting so interesting is, you know, and, and we hear this topic on, on hitting Twitter all the time. There's a difference between a swing coach yep. and a hitting coach. Yep. What you get in a swing coach, well, actually, let me back it up. What makes all the best hitters? Period. I don't care if you swing down, I don't care if you swing up, I don't care if you swing level. The only way you get successful in baseball is to bring your barrel to be on time with the baseball. And period. With speed. Yep. With, with, with some speed. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, hold on. Even without speed, because I can do a bunt at almost no speed. And if, it, if it's barreled properly, it will Reasonably. go where it needs to go. Yeah. Right? So I'm not even, I mean, like, speed is an accelerator, it's a leverage point. If I have more yep. power, right, and more bat speed, yep. I increase my leverage point. For sure. If I have a longer bat, bat path, right, I've increased my leverage point. Like, same thing, right? If I swing down, if I swing up, or I swing with a good bat path, doesn't really matter. 
as long as I get to the ball at the right point. Yep. Okay. These are these are don't give you a lot of leverage. This being in the path longer gives you more leverage. A swing coach can give you better leverage. That's it. Yep. If you can't step into the box and teach kids to be competitive and yep. mindful of what is happening and yep. recognizing how to be on time, I can't, to this day, and it shocks me, okay? I cannot tell you how many kids don't know when to start their load. Right. Okay? Shame on every single hitting coach out there swing coach out there who has not told their kids how to do that because all they're teaching them is here's the T here's the flag, here's the overhand, here's the machine. Yeah. You haven't told them how to learn how to be on time. Right. In the box. Right. You're stealing money. I'm sorry. You're stealing money because that is at the end of the day, the only thing that matters. It's stealing fear into your clients that, they're going to miss out if they don't keep coming back to you, yada, yada, yada. Here's a good story about timing. So my daughter, nine, her first year of softball kid pitch this year. Softball is different. You go from 8U coach yeah. pitch to 10U kid pitch. Yeah. All right. 2020, COVID, she's kind of been a rec league player. I've just been very hesitant. I could have been pegged as the guy that pushed your kids in it too fast. Too much, too fast. I've been very hesitant. I don't like the term travel ball to push them into club competitive sports. Like so, 2020 happened. They didn't get to play in the rec league. She plays fall. We latch on to these people that I train. I've trained their oldest kid. They have two younger kids, one girl, one boy, that are my kids' exact ages. They coach the teams. Awesome. She plays kid pitch in the fall. We're gonna or coach pitch in the fall. We're gonna play kid pitch in the spring. My daughter's never hit a ball off the tee. We've hit moving balls since day one. We're working on proprioception, hitting the ball in space, yada, yada, yada. Time, she's figuring out her timing, yada, yada, yada. We go out the first weekend, and timing and swing decisions off of this windmill kid pitcher, clueless. I'm like, yeah. holy crap. What am I going to do? Because there's an element of time in this that I, I can't get her enough visual information yep. on a softball pitcher because we don't live in a place where I can just recruit 10, 20, 30 softball pitchers for rap Soto bullpen. She comes in and she well, can stand in and see now, that. Now you can do it in win reality. That's where I'm going. Bought, oh, see, reality, okay. bought an Oculus, bought win reality, added the softball in it, got the bat attachment. Yeah. said, hey, we're just going to – I want you to – we're going to do the pitch recognition. We're not even going to do the hitting beta. We're just going to do the pitch recognition. I want you to fire off a swing – I'm going to watch it on the screen to kind of tell you, hey, you know, we're going to start at a low speed. We're going to work up. We're going to work down. We're just going to figure out in this win reality. I promise you, within no amount of time, her timing and swing decisions off a kid pitching to her were exponentially better. I can't tell people fast enough. People will see me at the softball field that know me. It's like, oh, we need to get we need to get back in the cage with Audrey. I'm like, I'll be honest with you, just buy an Oculus. Figure out which good pitches to swing at and which ones not to swing at, how to be on time with them, and yeah. you'll hit better. If you have my daughter has tremendous bat speed. So 
she's got that advantage because that's all we've ever done. So that, but like, yeah, and then, it doesn't so matter well, if you don't, if you're not on time, and you don't swing good pitches. But when reality, Oculus, and when reality with softball edition in it with the bat attachment, again, and, and back people to, looking and, and for a baseball, perfect answer. And back to the baseball, they've also added the youth pitchers into there now as well. So yep. I, I don't care my what age you are. Too. He's seven. A my few, son has started doing it. He's seven. Yeah, a few days a week because, and and, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help parents because. You know, like I, I was with a, a with a senior high school hitter yesterday. Okay, right, Just hanging around senior in high school, and I mean, I, I, you know, there, there's a bunch of clips on social media of this of of, of uh, Big Poppy and Jose Batista talking about it. Of yep, they time everything to the only constant, right? Because you can only manage through constants. Right, things that can be controlled. The only constant in a pitcher in their pitching motion is handbrake. Yep. Everything else they do is variable, right? Take a look at something like Strowman. Everything that he's trying to do with the shimmies or Johnny Cueto is all about trying to disrupt you. But if all you focus in is handbrake, once their hand breaks, there the rest of the body is going to progress like everybody else. There's a, there's, they have a natural timing to it. They can't change that at that point. Yep. So start at a handbrake. Now, if I'm in the on-deck circle or in the hole, I can start saying, oh, let me let me just start seeing, how, you know, am I early on their handbrake? Do I have to start a little bit earlier than that? Do right. I have a lot of time? And now just get yourself ready based on that handbrake and buy yourself plenty of time to be balanced and loaded. Yep. And then you have every option in the world. And if you've never heard that before, I've probably saved your kid a ton of time and aggravation by understanding what to look for when you're in the box. Yep. Yep. Just be in a position to be ready for the ball. Yep. You know? Just don't do it against my son because now he's pitching more than he's hitting. So <laughs> I imagine being 6'4 inside 16 shoes and 210 that his positional value is getting smaller like he's he doesn't play in first base maybe but he, like yeah so he played he yeah. plays first base he stopped playing third base because again he pitches a lot he, you know he tends to pitch yeah. you know number one on, on his team so he ends up getting a lot of innings you don't really want him throwing that much more from third right, right? so we moved right. him to first his defense he's not gonna he's not gonna make big mistakes but he's not gonna be you know, picking the nastiest, you know, he's, he's right. not Anthony Rizzo at, at first base. Right. Way, right? He, he's solid Got there. You know, he'll, he's going to catch a lot of stuff because he's big and athletic and he's, he's got a big, lot of range yep. and he moves well, but he also doesn't get a lot of at bats on his team because the last couple of years, because of COVID his teams have been bigger. I'm talking about 16 to 18 kids. Yep. And everybody's got to have innings. And if most of his innings are pitching, it's really hard to say, yeah, I know you've got a great bat, but I'm going to not let this kid play today. Right. And he's in that respect, he's a great team player. And he's like, yeah, I won't hit. Meanwhile, you know, he batted like he had three, four, four plate appearances, three at bats. Right. Because everyone went the strikeouts, the two strikeouts and the walk all were three, two counts. Right. Right. So he's going to, he's going to take every pitcher along that bat. And then his other one, we were at McClendon community college, huge field, great, 
great facility. And uh, they're down by a run. He's got a runner on second. He's watching the pitcher and he's like, okay, yeah, he's just going to try to feed me something outside. I'm just going to take it the other way. And he just sat there, waited, one hop to 340 foot fence. Yeah. Okay. And everybody in his team just went bananas for, you know, that was game time, uh, a double. Because he's got just so much pop. Like, you know, he, he you know, big, strong kid. He's a big, strong kid. And it's what the head of his organization that he plays for told him. I said, you know what? What will you most most likely be doing at college? It's like pitching. Yeah. Sammy has a great feel for the game. He's, you know, super aware of it. He's, you know, he's a student yep. of the game. His stuff is nasty. <coughs> You know, he's he, he barely gives up runs. Um, he doesn't even need to throw at 100% because his balls move so much. Right. That he can get away with just like cruising. And he does most of the games. He hasn't really been, you know, at all levels, even WWBA, he hasn't really faced that kind of challenge yet. I hope this year he'll start to. Um. And so the, the batting has become secondary. Like he still wants to work on it. He still does his win reality. He's still doing his work because you never know when that tool will become invaluable. Yeah. But he knows that his biggest leverage point in terms yeah. of investment of time is I need to move faster on, on the mound. That's yeah. where I'm going to spend all my energy right now. Getting yeah. stronger I, and moving faster. Yeah. I've told our guys that it's like everything has a time value exchange. You know, if I'm spending time on X, I'm not spending time on Y and Y is probably more important. So why, why not just not put X in the background and devote more time into the most important thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, Sammy's probably a 40 grade first baseman. Right. Maybe 50 at best. Right. His power, his hitting tool, both for, you know, average, if he had enough at bats, um, is probably pretty strong because he, he's got great plate recognition and all that. And, right. Right. He's very selective. To win reality and you're seeing a bunch of pitches. And he uses the whole field line to line. Yep. Right. Gap to gap. He's got power there. Um, Obviously, you know, 95 to 100 plus exit velo, like super strong. Great. So maybe, you know, maybe that's, you know, 60, 65, 70, 70 score. But as a pitcher, um, you know, he's going to be throwing 92 to 95 in the next couple of years. He's that big. He's that strong. Right. He's just understanding how to move his body fast now. Yeah, he's still a young, he's still he's a, a young giraffe. animal. Yeah, he's yeah. a giraffe. Like he yep. literally just went from a size 15 shoe to a 16 overnight. Uh, and yeah. it's like when he was at the WWBA, right, in, in Atlanta, uh, you know, this past summer, uh, he was going through growing pains. And he two hit one of the teams from California with his back, killing him. Because he just just the strain of the pull of growing, stretching and growing, and yeah. But and 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 
two of the other pitchers on our team didn't show up. So he had to actually do two starts. So he did a start uh, two day, uh, two two or three days earlier. He went like 40, yep. 40, 45 pitches and then had to do that start, which was the one at East Cobb that he, that they wanted him for. And so he wasn't up, but he was going to go out there and he competed. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and, and he did it as a professional. He knew, look, I got to get, you know, my mobility and he, he got the massage gun on him. Um, everything we possibly can just so you can be out there to compete. Yeah. Try to optimize the best you can and give yourself the most opportunity. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a couple off the wall questions and I'll let you go. I was sure. going to talk about your books a little bit, but we've gotten a lot of book conversations, the, the contents within the books, within the conversation. Are you, are you an energy drink guy? I'm not, but, I, but, but I do want, I, I do want to send you a local Austin one. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can get it there, but have you seen clean? I have not. I don't think. So take a look, uh, clean cause. First of all, uh, 50% of their proceeds go to uh, helping addicts, which is kind of okay. really interesting. I'm into that. I'm yeah, into that. They're, um, they're all yerba mate uh, based. Okay. So it's a clean energy. It's not an artificial right. caffeine energy. It's the only thing I'll let Sammy drink occasionally. And they're just such great natural flavors. So I, I, okay. I need to send you a selection of them. For sure. So you can, I, you can I, try those speaking out. Speaking of good causes, I'm, I, Chip Gaines, Waco, Texas man, grew his hair yeah. out, donated it to St. Jude. Yeah. I'm so mad I've never done that. So I'm letting my hair go till like December, cut it off. I'm going to donate it to St. Jude. That's awesome. So as I was talking to Jeff Leach, Chip Gaines came up. Rogan's in Austin now. We were talking about Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. The audio, yeah. You've done the audio book, Green Lights. I have not yet. McConaughey reads it. It is one of the best, most entertaining six-hour audio books driving back and forth that you will get into. It is so, so good. You know what? You know, I don't know. You know which other one is like that as well? Hold on. I'm a, I'm a Kevin Hart's book. Oh, does he read it? He reads it. Oh, I mean, I mean, I'm getting it as soon as we hang up. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot the name of, but he talks about through his struggles. And stuff. He, I'll make I mean, sure he, I send he you can honestly, yeah, he could read the phone book, and I would think it was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hold on, I'm, I'm, pull, I'm pulling it up because it's it's so good. I didn't. I was going to ask this question. What other book recommendations or information recommendations do you have other than your own, obviously? But oh, I, I, yeah, I got that. So it's funny. I, I was just I, I I put out a tweet this morning, and I shared one of the ones. In my life, so you know, part, part of my other career before COVID was I was a public speaker, right? I did a lot of keynote yep. speaking around the globe. Yep. And there has only been two baseball coaches ever who've asked me about recommendations about that. Like, what books would I recommend about improving my my speaking? And so I, was, I give no, them. No, I wasn't one of them. Then you were. I was not one of them. Um, but. It is so powerful to um, as a skill to have this. So I'm going to share with you two of them. I talked about one of them today on Twitter. Um, Do you talk funny? Is one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through my list trying to find the. Uh, I certainly talk funny. Well, it's. Uh, <laughs> 
This one is, where is it, where is it? Um, this guy talks, you know, even though he's not a comedian, understanding the value of what makes comedy and coming back to trying to grab people's attention. Yeah. Uh, and David Nile um, uh, has a, a wonderful accent and talk about it. I'm like, it's one of my favorite audiobooks, and I recommend it to everyone because I think it's, it's so important to have that as a skill. Because if you can break humor, you've got kids' attention. For sure. Right. For and so sure. It's a powerful, powerful thing. My friend Phil Jones has a number of books as well. How to Persuade and Get Paid. It's, it's again, a great, great, great um, uh, listen. And then... Um, the other speaking book is um, uh, uh, Michael. What, what's Michael's name? Why am I blocking it? Um, book Solid. Um, and it also is uh, just a phenomenal one. Uh, and then for a, a baseball one that, that I absolutely loved listening to, even though he did not read it, and I was very disappointed by it, that he didn't read it. He got little parts in there. Was C.C. Sabathia's book. You, you, I think you responded to my tweet that CC, you read CC's book and there was something else. I can't remember. I yeah, he, got, he did little bits of it in there, but like I, I would love to have him really read it till the end. It was, yeah. It was, a, it was a great book. Yeah. Um, here's my last question typically. Your, your perspective is interesting because you're not really a coach. Uh, you're just a parent of a kid that plays with a lot of curiosity and technology, but. I don't know where you'll go with this question, but if you could Thanos snap something out of the baseball world, gone, like right now, what what would it be? Um, most showcase baseball. There you go. Yeah, there you go. We could go. We could go on with that, but you already kind of touched on it. You know, I think when I asked you about what low hanging fruit for parents is there? I mean, the first thing you really touch on when talking about Sammy is like getting good enough. Cal Newport, be so good. I can't ignore you. Exactly. Like, just get good enough. Like there's so many people at showcases guys. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you were just not good enough to be out here. Way too many of them. Well, it, it's like, funny because like in Sammy's situation, it's like in, in, and we're talking about because right now he's in that crisp area, right? As a you know, just he just started his junior year. Yeah, it's like in training he's been up to like I told you, eighty seven, eighty five. So we know, that, and with that size body, there's velo in him. There's no question. Yeah, oh yeah. As Tom House says, is all you got to do is get that big caboose going, and yep. there, there's a lot there, right? There's super a ton healthy, there. massive shoulders, like yeah. But in games, as I told you, he never feels that need to have to supercharge because he's never faced a batter that's giving him that much problem. So right. he's managed to live cruising 82 to 85. Yep. And it is enough for him. But he also knows, again, from a, getting a coach's attention point of view, this next little while, if he wants to get on more coaches' radar – yeah, you got to you gotta kick the door open. 88 plus, in, or, you yep. know, 87, 88 plus in games. It's like, yep. and he could do that. 
The door so, doesn't open at Harvard for you if you don't have a 1600 SAT. Like the door's not open. Right. You know, the door's not open for you as if a pitcher. If you can't get the ball out of the infield. Or, yeah, as, as a hitter, if you can't get out of the infield, or as a, as a, as a pitcher, if you're 82, 80 yeah. to 82. No matter, no matter how many the doors are starting is, to open. No matter how many, you know, if you have zero earned run average, great. Yep. No, you know, no matter how nasty your pitches are, it doesn't matter. Like, can he find a school still? Yeah, he can. Yeah, like, for sure. Derek school. But if he wants to get a lot of attention and then have choice, yeah, then he needs to amp up that um, I, uh, David Goggins book, that, that chapter he talks about yep. uh, steal, stealing souls. I'm like, right yep. now, every game he plays, he breaks a wood bat. If, 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 if you're in a wood yep. bat tournament for him, I'm sorry. One of your kids is going to lose 150 bucks bat. It's just going to happen. Yeah. At least goes to, this it's goes to the point. But if, 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 if he goes ahead and he starts throwing real gas. Yep. That's, that's a difference changer. You know, and this goes to the point where we talked about the professional baseball's lottery ticket. And the part that people neglect is the investment that he's making to do this. <laughs> so he goes to UT, the network, that you can get in at a big school is invaluable. Right. It's invaluable. Like big well, school, the one or bus mentality by people is stupid, but, but like the investment to develop the tools and skills to get the opportunities to get into that network, that player, that alumni network is invaluable. And to bring it full circle, the whole point of teaching him about the podcasting and social media was when I first got into into the, you know trying to develop him, I knew very little. Like you know, yeah, I had a couple of baseball books and stuff like that. But I knew yeah. very little. But being able to use social media to develop great relationships with players, you know, yeah. and, and coaches like you, he's learned how how you could do that out of not knowing anybody in an industry, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, you can have 40, 50 strong contacts. In any industry you want to get into, it's just how can you find a way to provide value to others, right? right. And not expecting anything back from them, but if at some nope. point they feel that they can give something back to you, oh, they no gladly will. That's what I said. It's not about if every coach sees you, right? It's like, you know, there may be a chance where you're chatting with, with somebody who's a coach and you just have to mention, yeah, well, I know this kid from, from Texas. Because you saw a tweet from him or something like that. That's the power that you can get. Social media is a hyperactive, interactive relationship building tool. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm and, a guy. If you from invest the that way, and it's like it's not about you know being pithy and you know having all kinds of crazy conversations. It's like yep. I made a decision when I first got online, right? Uh, when we first started trying to be public and I started writing online, this was, uh, like I said, late, late nineties. And my brother and I decided I was going to be the face of, of the company. And I was like, there's just certain things I'm never going to talk about online. It's just, you're not going to know. You're not going to know my views on religion. Yeah. You're not going to know my views yeah. about politics. Nope. I just don't discuss those things. It's not, it's not. In today's world, you're not going to know. 
in today's world, you're not going to know whether I'm vaccinated or not. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's not, not important, right? It's like, not important. I, I it's just, I, tr- and, and it's not that I'm not being authentic. If you ask me, I'm happy to tell you, right. Sure. Politically I'm centrist. I'm about yeah. as middle as you get. Right. Yeah. Um, I think most, most normal people are. Yeah. There's policies on both sides. I like it. Just like, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. The, the point is teaching the skills of communication, right, and relationships. Schools don't do that. So no. if you take anything away from this, right, here I am, a former New Yorker from Brooklyn, living in yep. Austin, <laughs> you know, having a Zoom conversation in the morning with someone from Tennessee who yep. – who developed a tool that Sammy uses pretty much almost every single day, you know, spinning to keep his arm healthy. It's like, man, that's freaking cool. The internet is a cool place. Like that's mind boggling. When you think about how that, that can happen. We've had a relationship now for what, four or five years. Yep. Right. You know, and I know if you popped into Austin, we'd go out for dinner. We'd have a great time. No doubt. Be like the first person I'd message. That's the value. That's the value. Like stop everything else. Like, I don't care whether it improves his pitching. That, like, who cares? Yeah. What did that teach him about being a person in our society five yep. years from now, ten years from now? The way it is now. That's it. Right. Man, I could go. We need to do it again. I, we need to absolutely. do it again. Absolutely. Well, question. I, told I you, keep asking. We're working with that book on with Walter about. Um, about recruiting. I think, I, I think it's going to yep. be a real critical uh, book. You know, um, we really want parents, like he gets multiple calls and, and DMs and, and, and messages from people all across the country and world actually every day. And a lot of them circle around the same things. And so we're tr- just trying to put that together. And, yeah. and what I realized about a lot of the recruiting stuff out there is a, it's either super expensive and yeah. not worth it for the most part. Yeah. Or B, if you look at some of the books, they're completely outdated. And yeah. so he and I are sort of committing to uh, actually putting the 2021 edition or the 2022 right. edition because we want to keep updating it with, hey, right. things have changed in the last two years with COVID. Right. He's maybe a guy when that when that happens, we can get him on here. Oh, absolutely. He, he is uh, he, he's quite fascinating to listen to. And some of the stories he's, he's had and some yeah. of the kids that he's helped develop um in in alternative ways like hey you don't need to be playing baseball all year long it's okay all right it's okay for sure all right man i'll let you go have a great day likewise hope hope the little one's feeling better yeah i'm gonna go check on her she may be asleep talk to you later see you dude okay bye-bye